Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon Holiday Extravaganza. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. All month long, I'll bring you interviews with authors chatting about their holiday-themed cozies. You'll also hear authors sharing their special holiday memories. And you'll find holiday photos and recipes on the podcast Instagram. Happy listening. Welcome to another bonus holiday episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Patricia Sargent, writing as Olivia Matthews, joins me to chat about Advent. You thought I was going to say Christmas, didn't you? Her sister Lou mystery, Peril and Prayer, is set during an Advent retreat. Welcome, Patricia. Oh, thank you so much, Alexia. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. A religious retreat seems an unlikely place for murder. Would you tell us what's happening in peril and prayer? Oh, thank you for asking. When we open peril and prayer, Sister Louise LaSalle, who is our amateur sleuth, our protagonist, has been talked into, quote unquote, assisting Sister Mariana with the Advent retreat preparation. So the the whole mystery takes place right before the actual retreat, because that's when the murder and the investigation starts. Originally, I did want to bring in some of the retreat, but the investigation took up so so much of the story, I couldn't quite fit that part in. Now, many people associate Advent with countdown calendars filled with a variety of tasty <laughs> consumables, but Advent's actually a season on the church calendar that marks the beginning of the liturgical year. Would you tell us a little bit about Advent and what inspired you to set your story around this period? Oh, thank you for asking that. Advent is sort of like a countdown. It's the four weeks before Christmas when Christians prepare themselves for the coming or the advent of the Savior. So it's a celebration of peace, joy, hope, and love. And the, the advent wreath with the four purple calendar uh, candles, and then there's the pink candle for the actual Christmas. It's... Um, an observance of those four weeks leading up to the the birth of the Messiah. The reason that I was um, inspired to use that season as a backdrop for peril and prayer, the sister who inspired my sister Lou character, she is the inspiration. She's not based on this real-life sister shared this story with me that I thought was kind of funny about an Advent retreat that she and the rest of the congregation had gone on. There was, um, during the retreat, these different seminars. And during one of the seminars, one of the sisters fell asleep in, like, the front row. (laughs) I know, big oopsie. So as the priest is going on with the seminar, at one point, 
and, and I'm going to get some of this confused because she shared this story with me like five years ago. But at one point, the priest got the holy water on um, out, and he was shaking the um, uh, the container to to bless the parishioners, well, the sisters who were participating in the retreat. And when the water hit the sister who had fallen asleep. She was startled like she was out in the rain or something because, of course, she didn't, she wasn't aware of what was going on. And I thought that was so hilarious. I wanted to include that in the story, but I just didn't have enough space. <laughs> but the vision of this poor little lady being startled awake with the blessed water was just, the holy water was just funny to me. That is a funny image. <laughs> and the other thing is, the other sisters didn't even try to wake her. <laughs> Where is your loyalty? <laughs> hey, you said your your sister Lou was inspired by a real life sister, and your story was inspired by a real life event. How about the Briar Coast Cabin Resorts, the uh, resort in New York where you set your fictional retreat? Is is that a real place or was that inspired by a real place? Actually, it was, um, it's not a real place. And it doesn't look quite like the cabin where I had gone on a retreat when I was uh, getting my confirmation. But um, the idea of the cabin came from that that retreat because this uh, the Briarco's cabins it's smaller, but it it was the idea of my confirmation retreat did help to develop it. Is uh, what part of New York is is this set in? Well. Briar Coast is set in uh, fictitious upstate New York, right outside of Buffalo. And my the retreat that I went on also was upstate New York. This is a very uh, wintry place, uh, especially during uh, the the Advent season. I I imagine I always uh, when I think of upstate New York, I admit I, I think of snow. Uh, first, before I think exactly. of anything else. I think of ice. <laughs> ice and uncomfortable coldness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to be cold, Alexia. <laughs> how, how did your sisters uh, manage uh, during the, the cold weather at the remote uh, retreat center in upstate New York? Well, they, they were some hardy ladies. <laughs> I, it, was, it was just a day trip. Uh, but, and it was very sunny, but it was, it was very cold. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, the, it's just so funny to me. You look out the window, everything is bright. The, the sky is blue. The, the sun is shining. Then you walk outside and you turn into a popsicle. <laughs> It, it sounds like a good reason to stay inside by a nice yes. warm fireplace. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. <laughs> they had a completely different idea, though. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of outdoor activity. 
Well, uh, speaking of indoor activities, which is, is I'm totally with you on, let's go indoors when it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that people do indoors is, uh, you know, open the, the, the miniature doors of their advent calendar to sort of uh, see what's hidden behind each one. So if you had an advent calendar, what would be hidden behind the doors? Oh my word, that is a really great idea. A, a great question. I think what some of the things that would be behind those doors would be the gifts that the wise men brought for the birth. Myrrh, frankincense, and gold. Yes, gold. Gold advent calendar. I could get behind that. Yeah, yeah. The the chocolate, you know, that's that's really cool. But some some of those advent calendars have actual trinkets in them. And this I is, think that that's true. That would be really nice. That that would be. I've I don't think I've ever had one with trinkets. I've had uh, chocolate ones and whiskey filled ones and one that actually had Bible verses behind each door. Oh. But I don't think I've had any of the ones with the, the trinkets. That would be interesting. Yes, I saw this one decades ago. You open each door leading up to Christmas and there are charms behind the door. So you put it on your bracelet. Oh. You have sort of a nice finished charm bracelet by the time Christmas gets there, yes. Exactly. It would be a great gift. Yeah. Uh, Advent calendars are one way of marking the season leading up to Christmas. Uh, probably one of the, the most popular ways. Uh, some others that I can think of are lighting the candles and the Advent wreaths, as, as you mentioned before. And I know some people will add their figurines to their nativity scene one by one uh, leading up to uh, not adding baby Jesus until Christmas day. Um, do you have any special Advent traditions? Just cleaning my house. But <laughs> I do, I do like the one about putting the um, items in the nativity scene one by one before Christmas day. I, I've always liked that one. So it's uh, is the the house cleaning is that just regular house cleaning or is that uh, more of a, a preparation? Because I have heard some uh, people use the the season as a time of of reflection and preparation, and they do consider you know, getting their house in order as part of that preparation. Yes. Now, now that's a great question. It's a little deeper than the um, regular house cleaning because. In part, it, it's sort of like a tradition from my childhood where to welcome in the new year, you get rid of the refuse and the extra weight from the year before so that you start your house lighter, cleaner and lighter for the coming year. And that you see, I'm, I'm from the West Indies and one of the oh. things that we want to do is you open up the windows, well, I don't live in West Indies now, so I don't open up all the doors. But and you you sweep out the old year to get the okay. ready for the new year. But you have to sweep it out before dark, so that you don't let the ghosts in. So that before dark every day, or before like it would be midnight Christmas morning, or is that before dark every day? 
Well, in the theory is you somehow, I guess with all your kids, your, your whole family pitching in, you could clean the whole house in one day. But you oh, have to okay. be done with the sweeping before dark. Before dark, okay. But, but since it's just <laughs> me and my husband cleaning up the house, it's before dark every day. So the cleaning has to be finished before 5 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> and he looks at me like, because he's, he's from the United States. And he looks at you like I'm hammering you simply because <laughs> I want to keep the peace. But I think that's really weird. <laughs> because it t- in order to be done, you have to start pretty early in the day <laughs> so that you can be done with the sweeping before five. Now, at Christmas time, especially the, the winter solstice, that is a time when uh, ghosts are more likely to be about. So you should, should tell them that you, know, you, you, you have very good reason for wanting this done before dark because you don't want to let any, any ghost in for Advent. That's not what you want to find in your Advent calendar. No, no, no. Nothing. No jumpies under the tree. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> And how, how would your, your sisters of uh, the congregation of St. Hermione of Ephesus? Yes. How, how would they observe Advent at, at their church? I believe that they would do the Advent ca- um, candles, prayer and singing every, every Sunday. That's, that's what I imagine, based on how the congregation that inspired them cele- celebrated the Advent season with prayer and singing and lighting the candle. And would, it, would their <laughs> altar hangings be purple or blue? It would start out with the purple. And but, then you would have... Oh, go ahead. And, and then you would have the liturgical rose as the priest in the congregation. Like he wouldn't call it pink. He wasn't wearing pink. He was he was very clear that he was wearing liturgical robes. <laughs> I, I know purple purple versus blue, uh, and, and I guess also rose versus pink is a uh, uh, subject of uh, somewhat lighthearted debate among a lot of a lot of congregations. I was actually an adult before I realized that not everybody used purple for Advent. Oh, now you are teaching me something. I didn't realize that people, there were people who used the blue instead of the purple. Uh, at least in the Episcopal Church. Uh, some congregations uh, use, use blue. Uh, so oh. that, was, that was something new to me. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. I like that. Yes, and, and they will also use the, one of the four candles will be pink, or I guess rose, and uh, woe be to anyone who lights the rose candle in the wrong order, because the altar guild will never let you forget it. <laughs> I imagine. Not cross the altar guild. You would be lucky not to be excommunicated. I could imagine. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> You see, you brought up a good point. There is a lot of pressure with those ads and prayers. There is. I, I, I think Advent is actually the, the unappreciated uh, season. You, you've got to get the candles in the right order. You've got to make sure you've got your colors straight. 
Um, and as you said, you know, the, the, your West Indian tradition, you've got to get your, your house literally in order. Um, and uh, there are consequences for, for, for not. So I, I think people uh, don't quite appreciate all the preparation that does go into Advent. You know, you've just summed it up really well because it, it, it is the welcoming of the baby Christ. But it's also a preparation. It's, it's a whole getting your physical house and your spiritual house in order. What ties into a mystery, if you think about it? It's, there's this uh, unsolved crime that the sleuth, in, the, in this case, Sister Lou, uh, with her, her sidekicks have to get in order um, before the end of the book. Exactly. And then with this, one of the things that I enjoyed doing was Parallel Prayer is the second book in the Sister Lou trilogy. We first meet Sister Mariana in the first book, Mayhem and Mess. And she's just a very unpleasant individual <laughs> in that story. And she's bitterly opposed to Sister Lou doing any kind of sleuthing. Just stay in your lane and leave the investigations to the deputies, but Sister Lou would not. Now in this book, Sister Mariana needs Sister Lou's help. And so we see Sister Mariana's character grow as she comes to stop judging Sister Lou. And I think that that is also an expression of the preparation for the Advent season, that she stops judging. And where can readers who want to uh, go along on Sister Lou's uh, journey of, of preparation, uh, both actual and spiritual, where can they buy a copy of Peril and Prayer? Oh, thank you for asking. It's available in bookstores and online, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I believe it's on Kobo. Um, some other um, brick-and-mortar stores and some indie books, independent bookstore sites as well. And where can readers connect with you to find out uh, more about your Sister Lou series or your new series that's coming out with Hallmark or uh, maybe... Uh, ask you some questions about uh, some more traditions and oh i would love that they could uh find me on uh facebook at author patricia sergeant no yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> author patricia sergeant and i'm also on facebook at books by patricia and on twitter at books by patricia and my website is patriciasargent.com and uh, just so folks uh, know that your mysteries are under the all under the name Olivia Matthews, correct? Exactly. It's the mysteries are Olivia Matthews, but for budgetary purposes, I have just the one website, <laughs> which is <laughs> patriciasargent.com. And and I apologize for the confusion. I I tried to um, make it broadly known that I'm Patricia Sargent writing as Olivia Matthews. But I'm sure there's still some confusion, and I apologize for that. Well, no need to apologize, and I'm, I'm sure we all understand 
budgetary complaint constraints <laughs> and uh, yeah, budgetary complaints too. Uh, but you know, part of part of preparing uh, for, for things uh, is to watch your budget. So it's that's just one more type of preparation. <laughs> Very well put. I like that. Well, thank you very much for joining me in the corner today, uh, the day actually before the last Sunday of Advent. Um, and uh, hope I didn't interrupt your, your seasonal house cleaning. <laughs> this was a very enjoyable break and I appreciate it. It's like a mind massage. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I've been chatting with Patricia Sargent, writing as Olivia Matthews about Carol and Prayer, her Sister Lou mystery set during the Advent season. Until next time, happy holidays and goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.